Hi, my name is Wilkin Brutus. And I am Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. Okay, click. Click. Why are you doing like that, Mom? What the hell is that? Let's do it again. Click. Click. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay. Oh my god. All right. So our our say our uh Haitian saying. Um I will handle myself like Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Yes. Can say that in Haitian Creole for me. Jean-Jacques Dessalines. No. No, no, no. Map dégagé. Map dégagé me met Jean-Jacques. Say it again. Map dégagé me met Jean-Jacques. And what does that mean? I'm gonna try my very best to do whatever I have to do. Do what you have. <laughs> So like um so your your journey to the United States it it took one month, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so July seventeenth, nineteen eighty one is a very special date for you. Um, you may not have known this, but I did a little bit of research. Um, but thirty three Haitians drowned as a boat capsized mm-hmm. off the coast of Florida, according to the New York Times at mm-hmm. the at that time. Um, government Bob Graham. Uh, called it, quote, a human tragedy which has been waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. When you arrived, Mom, just three months after that tragedy, did you feel any uh, empathy from Americans, especially um, since they preferred Cubans through the wet foot, dry foot policy? Remember that policy mm-hmm. we talked about off um, mm-hmm. uh, before in the past? Um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on how the Americans in particular treated you? During that time. When I first came, okay, when I first came, it was on a Friday. I think it was on a Friday. Um, there was a um, bunch of people in the shore waiting for so many people. Hmm. There was several school bus, you know, waiting for us and plus uh, the American um, immigration officer, mm-hmm. several of them waiting for us that I get to see the boat coming over, you know. So after we got off the shore, they help us, they welcome us, mm. you know, with a smile and everything. Mm. And then they didn't meet, like push us or hurt us or nothing like that. So they have us get in the bus and took us to the to the Chrome. What's the Chrome? The Chrome is a camp. Oh, like a refugee camp. Like a refugee camp. Oh, okay. And, and close to Homestead. More like a detention center? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Homestead, Florida. Homestead, Florida. So they took us there and kept us at the camp. The men in a different camp, the women in a, you know, separate camp. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then the, they feed us, like, every morning. They come and get us to... You know, to go take shower in a different places, mm-hmm. and they feed us three days a week, three days um, three times a day. I mean, three mm. times a day, and and then after that, we take it from there. It's different process. Some people yeah, they to very, New York. Oh, okay, so they not everyone stayed in Florida. It was they separate us. A very complicated they process. Separated us in different places because wow. they could not keep us too many people coming. So it was overcrowded. Yes. And- and the process is very complicated, mm-hmm. it's of com- course. Very complicated process. Um, very interesting. Now, we, you know, we know migrant treatment, um, immigrant treatment, um, differ based on economic 
and political reasons. Um, you know, but even Cubans who came here as economic migrants were still um, treated better, which also upset Latino groups, mm -hmm. not just Haitians. Mm -hmm. So Cubans had this, you know, one leg up one leg above yes. everyone yes, yeah. who were under the same circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, but you had such a great experience in, in, in Cuba. So I'm sure that special treatment toward them confused you, right? That special did you Did you feel any resentment or jealousy? I didn't feel no jealousy because I think it's all about politics. Hmm. I didn't feel jealous of the Cuban because they got treated. I wish I, I wanted to be treated just like them because we're all in the same camp in the same situation. But for whatever reason, even them, I believe they don't know why they treat us different. So that's why I didn't really jealous of them because I know it's not their fault. They can do nothing about it. They came just like I, you know, I come to the state. So if I had a better treatment than them, I I didn't think that because they're better than me. I think it's part of the um the system. The system, play. the politic, the the government. Right. I blame the government for it. Fighting. I don't blame the Cu Cuban people for it. Mm. I blame the government. So so yeah, so it, and, and that makes sense because no one could actually control. Uh, U.S. Yeah. policy, policy, no, you know, and the fact that they're sort of fighting against communist Cuba mm -hmm. and and whatnot, but of course society sees um, a lot of, um, I guess, differences with how they treated Haitians and Cubans mm -hmm. and whatnot. But it's kind of hard to be angry at people who are under the same yeah. conditions as yeah, you because are. Because when we was in the camp, as soon the Cuban camp, that that. You know, give them the papers and, and they just let go. them go. And I was just there you, waiting. And were, waiting. Were, you just, were you shocked like when Cubans just sort of like, boom, got their papers? Yeah, and out. then I'm like, oh my God. It's like it's going to take forever. Like, why can't we leave? You know, but instead did, of... did, At 16 years old, but did you understand the politics of why they allowed the Cubans to sort of just leave and the Haitians stay back? Did you understand at why? At the time, I didn't understand why. So you were then simply just confused? After, I got, I got a little bit confused at first. To me, I think maybe the family just pay money oh. or whatever to get them out. But it's way after I learned that it was policy. It was policy. <laughs> so, you know, some people about be against the Cuban, you know. I'm like, I don't blame the Cuban. Oh, so they, you did have some people who understood, who understood and was you know, resentful maybe from, yeah. about everything, yeah, about, about Cubans. Everything. But we, I, we were not the only Haitian. We have Chinese, mm -hmm. we have other culture. In the camp, not only us, but it seemed like us, they, they put us, you know, for whatever reason, they put us to the side. So you had different, so you had uh, Haitians, Cubans, of course, Mexicans, Mexican, Guatemalans. Everybody, yes, everybody. Uh, but even Chinese as well? Isn't Chinese as well. What do you think the Chinese, you think maybe it's people who probably overstayed their visa or something like so. that? I think so, I think so. And were I sent to so. the same facility yeah, yeah, maybe? Yeah, same facility, yeah. That's not because they come from the book. Right. But um but I never have grudge against the Cuban because I know it's it's the policy, it's not them themselves, mm. you know, make the issue happen the way it is, but it's just the, 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 the policy of the government. So what can you do about it? Now when you arrived to the States, like you told me earlier, they they had sent a lot of Haitians to different places. Um, you got sent to Puerto Rico. Uh huh. I got um, sent to Puerto Rico. So when you got sent to Puerto Rico, did you know you were being sent? You arrived to the U.S., but then they captured you, 
put you on the scam sent your butt to Puerto Rico. They, they have <laughs> captured me for a couple weeks. And then after that, one night, they said they're going to have to separate us because too many people in the camp and blah, blah, blah. Some people sent to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Wow. And some people sent, and they end up sending me to Puerto Rico. A bunch of up to Puerto Rico. Just brat. And, and they didn't and, even, like, care who you came with? And No. No. Just brat, like they, a lottery they, number. They don't care. They just, long your name is in the list, you got to go. And then that one that sent me to Puerto Rico, when you in Puerto Rico, you close to Haiti. Hmm. So at that time, they keep sending people back to Haiti. That the, from the people, Puerto Rico. From Puerto Rico. Once you in Puerto Rico camp, you have almost ninety percent to go to Haiti. Hmm. I had a lot of fun of mine that sent to Haiti. Every every from way, the same boat from the same camp. Oh, okay, from okay. The same okay. And um. Every Tuesday, uh, every Friday, they send 27 people back to Haiti. Wow. Every Tuesday and Friday. Every Each Tuesday. day, 27 Each day, people. 27 people, too. But every time, they, you know, my friends, some of them volunteered to go. Wow. Well, why did they need volunteer? Because they extend, they kept doing nothing. Yeah, they yeah, they just so long. might as well they go back to their no home home. country. But I didn't yeah. want to go back for whatever reason. I didn't want to go back. Those friends that you that were at camp, did you knew them prior to coming, or no, you met well, them at the camp? I met them at the camp. Around the I same have several age? people that from in my state that I find in the camp. Oh, and you're in, in Gundams in, in, in Haiti, you hear me? Yes. And so there's a lot of people my father used to do business with. I find the mm. children in the camp too. Wow. You know, so. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going back to Haiti. So, so bunch of friends of mine wants me to go for it because of my asthma. I say no. Yeah, I speaking say, of your asthma, like when you you had an asthma attack in Puerto Rico. Yeah, so when, what, what happened with that when situation? I was, when, when they sent me to Puerto Rico, that's when I started getting sick real bad. I was getting sick and all the time. I'm just, my asthma just attacking me, attacking me. So one time... I got sick so bad, they couldn't do nothing for me because they have to keep me in the hospital. Mm. 27, it's like if they sent me to the camp right now, I can be in the hospital for three, four days. Mm -hmm. And then as soon they sent me back to the camp, the same night, I got my asthma attack again. The ambulance is like back and forth. As soon as you see an ambulance, they know, they know they're you. coming for me. Oh, they're coming my, for me, they're coming mom. for me. Like if wow. I cannot be in the hospital, I cannot be in the cold. I just, the, the weather over there just not click with me. Hmm. So one time they have to keep me in the hospital for three months. I was in Puerto Rico hospital. Uh, for someone, three months? Yes, someone. Someone, someone hospital for three months. And then nobody know where I was. They thought I was, I was dead or something. Hmm. So there was a, can I do for manifestation? You know, mm -hmm. the, there was a post, uh, protest everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's coming trying out. Trying to figure oh, out where, where you at. Where yeah. is Paulette? <laughs> Why they don't bring her back? You know, there was protests. Police coming. Oh, you boy. know, with a mask, the guys. Some people, they oh, give them. You said a scene. Oh, my God. It was a disaster. So because there was too much going on in the camp, so they have one evening, they have to put me in the ambulance and drove me to the camp. Wow. That's when I realized, 
the ambulance like boom, 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 boom. And then there was a protest people all over the place, like protesting. Then they, when they get, when they enter to the gate, and then, then they, 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 they have this oxygen tank. Because mm -hmm. I could not breathe. So everywhere they took in me, they have, I have to have an oxygen tank with me. So they have this oxy, oxygen tank to the, um, they took me to the camp with the oxygen in us and everybody like all over me thinking I was dying and stuff like that. Some of them are cry, you know. It was a sad moment, but that showed me at that moment, I thought I'd been forgotten, you know. Mm. And it was like, I'm like, oh my God, they really love me and everything. Because when I was in the camp, I used to do their hair. I used to do <laughs> people hair. So people just, you know, they have no choice but to live their life. They have to the live camp, their life. You know? They're like, oh my God, put out everybody coming everywhere. You know, like I was surrounded with people. It's like, we thought you died. We thought they, I thought they killed you for life, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still alive. I'm okay. But, you know, I don't know what happened. I could not get well. They gave me very good treatment over there. Hmm. They treat me, treated me so good in Puerto Rico. So good. Yeah, so you had a, a great experience in Cuba. Is, yes, great, great experience in Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico. Obviously, despite I mean, the uh, those asthma attacks. Despite oh that. But the nurses treated you well. and The nurses treat me so great in Puerto Rico. They treated me so And did you so have any contact with, like, social workers and stuff like that? Or was it just... Um, was there any, like, middlemen, intermediary? No, no, I had... When I, was in a, when, when I was in the hospital, they had the security guard front of my door okay just to you know to protect, protect or watch you <laughs> and watch me or something i guess to protect me or watch me. I, don't, yeah, I, I don't know nowhere yeah you can't go. go anywhere yeah so they had this other guy who came from saint thomas that guy was my interpreter to translate for me okay so every day he came to you know to so he, he was me. pretty much a social worker. A social worker. Yeah, okay so he went stuff for me to do kosher mm. whatever he know that i love to do I've been doing kosher just to keep my mind occupied. What's kosher? With the hair? Kosher, macrame, the okay. stuff to do, you know, kosher. Mm -hmm. You can do like a blanket, baby blanket. Oh, okay, okay, stuff okay. Stuff like that. Right. I do those things. And then um, they do everything I they know I love just to keep me, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to keep my mind occupied. But sometimes I just break out. Yeah. Every time I think about my mom, I just break down and I've been crying. And sometimes my doctor like, Paulette, don't cry because you you know when you cry, your asthma gonna come worse, you know. Did they but have mental not... health um professionals there? Yeah, they for do. like obviously it's so much trauma. It's a big hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's a big hospital. They they have a great nurses. I, I keep forgetting you were sixteen years old. Mm -hmm. Your brain, your frontal lobe, not even fully developed. You know, you're, you're... sometimes I got sometimes I got so confused. Not confused, going crazy, you know, and I'm like being asking question what, what am I doing here? What's going on around me? Sometimes I be sleeping. I don't even know when no, when is days, when is night. Just uncertain. By I don't everything. even know the time, the date, you know. And there was this Spanish lady, this old lady. I always pray. I always pray for her family, and. One day she came to my room. She thought I went I went home or something. You mm. know, she thought I went back wherever I belong. And she came one day. She was like, oh, Dios. She's like, oh, my God. She, that little girl's still here. Oh, she said, I just me. Oh, my God, <laughs> me. 
Smeo. And that's how she said. She said, Adios Smeo. And she had me got out of my bed. She took me to the shower. She showered me. She washed my hair. Mm-hmm. And she was praying for me. She was crying at the same time. She said, I don't know if it was my daughter. I don't know what I would do. You know, and she talked to me. Some would I understand. Some of them, you know, I don't. But I know she was treating me good too. Mm. And she always kissed me before she go home. And she said, she said, you, you my daughter and stuff like that. You know, I love you and stuff. And, oh, my God, there's so That's many a lot. stuff happened. And, and, you know, I keep going back to mental health. You, you have to be physically and mentally strong to take that journey across the Atlantic, you know, over 600 miles. In mm-hmm. hindsight, um, did you have anyone on the boat with mental health issues before you arrived? Like, was there anyone who was Mm-mm. bipolar or no. schizophrenic? You know what schizophrenic mean? If they are, I would but, know. Yeah, that. you wouldn't know. But, you know, schizophrenic means someone who is, um, well, I don't want to give a, a direct definition. I, I don't really know the direct definition unless I Google it. Uh. But... What I'm saying is people on a boat who probably wasn't right in their minds, um, who probably couldn't think straight. Um, or I do think, you think everyone seemed sane? I think, no, we all not the same because everyone have different view in the boat, but at the same times, I think everybody saw the reality when the boat almost sunk. Remember that evening? Yeah. When the wave came out of nowhere. That's when people was... I mean, when I'm telling you, the wave was like so high, almost touched the sky or whatever. I guess what I'm yeah. asking is, um, was there any one person on a boat who uh, violate social norms on a boat? Like a set of rules that everybody... Was there a Every, set of rules that everybody... Everybody followed the rules. And okay, okay. Everybody followed the rules. Unwritten we'll rules. On, we'll, and... yeah. and we, you know... Yeah. Verbal rules. Verbal rules, okay. Um, we all go under the same place. So we have to have to be you, disciplined. You have to be disciplined, yeah. You're not disciplined, that's your loss. Hmm. Point blank. Because there is no way for you to run, there is no way for you to hide. <laughs> so if you're not disciplined, you lose control, you're gonna make everybody life in you know, you know, in danger. So you're gonna probably end up get dumped to the ocean. So you have no choice but to follow the rules. Mm. You know? Like right. I say, um, I was I didn't I, I didn't have too much fear in me. I was in the boat sitting in my spa, just do what I supposed to do, whatever. I have several family members like my cousin, my godbrother, Marie, and other people that I know. And some of them are my father's friends. But at the same time, I follow my discipline. You know, you, I... You did. Um, like, what, what kind of advice did your father give you? Do you remember? That I don't remember what advice that did. He said, no, the last thing I remember, he said, say, I can't believe you living. I can't believe I'm going <laughs> to let you live. I know. I can't believe. He wants to live too, but he didn't want to leave my mother with the, with the kids. Right, right. He wants to go, but he didn't want to leave my mom with them kids. That's the reason why that's the main reason main he's reason. not living. Mm. Because he say, I cannot leave your mother with, with the children. I can't. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously, you know, people deal with trauma on multiple levels, right? And they deal with it very differently. Mm. Some rely on, at least in this circumstance, uh, 
um, some people rely on traditional African voodoo spirituality mm -hmm. and practices, while others may shy away from it completely, mm -hmm. but still respect and appreciate spirits combined Sinoid with modern yes. right, medicine and modern spirituality. Um, um, socially, in a general sense, though, when you arrive to the States, um, you were getting negative treatment from, at some point, white at Americans. Some point, at some point. Yeah, white Americans, African Americans, Hispanics, mm -hmm. like oh. Dominicans. Yes. Um, other Caribbean folks, like Jamaicans. Mm -hmm. um, Hades, you know, is geographically in Latin America. But, you know, they're, they're, we, we are too African to consider ourselves Latino. Latino, yeah. <laughs> too African. And Haitians also felt so isolated and ashamed with no outside support system. Yeah. Just a very isolated country. Only friends they seemed to have was Venezuela. Venezuela. Um, but that was more on a governmental level. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it, at that time, it just wasn't cool to be Haitian. Just was not. Um, when did you finally become comfortable in your skin in the U.S.? And were you always proud to be Haitian? I always proud to be Haitian. So you never had a moment where you felt uncomfortable? I, no, since the day I was born. I always say, even Haiti stand up in the one rock in the ocean, I will stand in that one rock <laughs> and say, I am Haitian. I am more than proud of myself to be who I am. And there is no money in the world they can represent to me to make me change who I am. When you were 16 at that time and you, you felt all of this sort of, at some point you were very grateful that, you know, good Samaritans were treating you well mm -hmm. and you obviously you got the chance to stay, um, but you were still very confused by all of this hate from different directions, looking at you as an immigrant, yeah, refugee, Sometimes they dirty. Call you, or you stink in Haitian, go back to Africa, and you know, all that, it's always, uh, but I always keep my head high because I, I, I love me, I love myself, and I know the quality of me, that I'm a very good person in and out. So there's nothing nobody can do to change who I am. Were you shocked by other people who, or, or other people from different Caribbean countries who you, you felt like they should have at least understood? Dude. The Haitian struggle. Were you shocked by them and the hate from them more so than maybe what what the hurt, privileged what hurt Americans? Me, what hurt me some sometimes the most? It's when you see a, a another culture that come from outside, not from the United States, and try to be prejudiced with you. At the same time, you came to this country like I am. Whether I come from the boat or you come from the plane, it doesn't matter. You and this country. So if the U.S. give you the privilege to stay in this country, I should have the same privilege to stay in the country. Mm -hmm. And I don't need no pity on nobody to show me, you love me, but you just do me a favor to like me. I don't need nobody to pity me to like me. It's either I fit in or I don't. But I don't, I'm not the type of person who wants to fit in, like to fit in in a crowd to make people like me. I don't, I don't, I don't go for that. If either you like me or you don't, mm. because you you don't all you, I mean you're not the one who give me the breath that I'm breathing, mm. so it doesn't matter whether you like me or you don't like me. Right. Because the longer I keep my respect, I treat you with respect, and if you don't give me the same respect I give you, it's because you don't respect yourself. Mm. Because if you respect yourself, 
if you would want me to treat you with respect, you would want to treat me with respect. Exactly, right. It's a reciprocal, like it's yeah. a give and take relationship. So if you don't want to treat me with respect, I will not disrespect you. I will still respect you as a human being. But I'm not going to, you know, to have you have pity on me just to show me you like me when you don't. Yeah, now, now obviously you're speaking as an adult, yes. you know, right now. But at, at that time, mom, when you were 16... Were you that mentally strong, or did you have any moments of anxiety or depression? No, I don't. What do you What do you think your strength came from at that time? How, how did you not have any I, sort of? I've always been like that. I've always been since I was a teenager. Just optimistic all the I time. I don't want like I know when people try to favor me, I want to be get credit for what I earn. I don't want people to give me credit because you favor me. There is two ways straight. You can favor me because you like me personally, you favor me. But if what I did, I don't deserve the credit, don't give it to me. Mm. You feel me, you make me feel that you do me a favor. There is favor, there is when you do something and you earn your credit. And even though you don't give it to me, I take it for myself because <laughs> I know. You knew you earned it. I earned it. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so, I mean, all right, so... Did you have any vices? What I mean by vices is like, did you smoke weed, mom? Did you drink? <laughs> did you do anything? I mean, like, I can't imagine being around so all of this silly. so... <laughs> Come on. Like, how? How are you that powerful? Like, how are you that strong? Like, did you have any... Did you succumb to any of the bad influences around you? Now, and here, here's why I ask that. Of course, I'm not surprised because I know you, you're my mom, you barely drink anything or do anything. But at that time, I'm trying to put myself in your position. 16, 17, 18, you just arrived to the country. There's uh, other influences around you, other mm -hmm. Haitians who probably yes. didn't go the straight route the way you mm -hmm. did. Some of them joined Zopound. Some of them joined other Haitian yes. mafia. And mm -hmm. you, know, you had all these um, good and bad influences without any parental support. So, during your time at Homestead, during your time in Miami mm -hmm. and Key Largo, did you? How did you avoid the bad crowd? I um, I usually have a lot of friends. Wherever I go, I just surrounded by people. It just hit <laughs> me. I don't know what. I don't know what happened. I always surrounded by a lot of people. Whether Spanish people, whether Haitian, I just surrounded by people. High people, good people. I guess. Good people. Yeah. God always send good people my way. When I first come into the United States, one thing I promise God, and I always have God in my side, I promise not to drink, not to smoke, because I wanted to have my green card. I wanted to have my green card. Yes. So that is the incentive. That's that is a huge incentive. Okay. Now, so they were doing drug tests at the time? Of course they do oh, drug boy. tests on you. They do you and tests, all kind of tests. And I ask you this question because I'm your son, firstborn American. I don't, I didn't have to go through anything Any you went through. You know, <laughs> like the privilege you talk about, about like how you arrived to the states and you know, uh, and you were uh, very confused by you know other immigrant groups mm -hmm. acting a certain way, knowing damn well that they the, also had to be accepted yes. into you know this a uh, privileged opportunity. Mm -hmm. But, but for me, I was I, I was born here. 
I'm your son and I have I'm completely disconnected. Yes. From that. So I asked that because I genuinely did not know. You know? I want to I come to the United States. I went through so much hmm. before I finally get myself together. I say I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna uh, uh, smoke. But I will party like crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I party will party like crazy everywhere. Well, you you like, have to have joy, right? Of course. You can't like live I used in to despair. Go to wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling matches? Wrestling matches. Your mom used to go to wrestling yes, matches. Like WWF? <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favorite wrestler? Uh, oh, this is taking a drastic turn. Yes. I used to love um, Dusty Road <laughs> and Barry Window. <laughs> <laughs> we fly when we fly. Used to Rick fly Flair? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mom, you love Rick Flair? I love Wiffle, but I was not in his team. Oh, okay, okay. Because Wiffle was in a bad team. I like how he fight. But okay, he he, the heel. Right, right, right. You said Wiffle cheat too I, much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be in Barry Window uh, um, team. But. Mom, I did not know you liked this. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, oh, so wait a minute. Wait a, wait a minute. Now I feel team. very deceived right now. Now. When I was growing up with all of my cousins and we're watching WWF or WWE now, but in WCW and it, like you never watched that with us, but no. you never told us you no, used to watch it. I never it. watched that with you. It's your time now. So, but, but sometimes I watch with you. Sometimes that's, yeah, that's I true. watch with you. That's sometimes. true. I remember. I do remember. I could now. have probably other things to do. Yeah, like watching but, General Hospital. <laughs> You know, I was a guided live, you know, hospital or all my children and stuff like that. Right. You watching your thing. I'm watching my thing. <laughs> but I have my good time. I have some bad time. I have my good time. Life is to a street, you know, but I always keep my head up. I know what I want. I know what I need. I know what I want. Hmm. Because need is a must. Yeah. Want is a fantasy, something you just, I want, I like, I want this, not because you, you don't have it. It's temporary. Yeah. But when you need something, it's a must to have. So, when I was in, um, when I, when I was, when I first, when I first came, I must have to, I, I need my green card. Even I'm hanging with my friend, we can go to the bar to see the Haitian band. You know, we go to different What's the Bali? places. The Haitian like, band. Okay, yeah, but people don't know what the Bali, Bali is. I know what Bali is. Every Haitian probably yeah. listening know what Bali yeah. is. But what, what is Bali? The Haitian band. Uh, a Haitian band or like a, a, a place where you go party? party and... Yeah, but no, there's party fest. Okay, so okay. okay. Yeah, maybe we're alone, we're alone band. Okay. Yes. So, I don't, I don't drink. My friend be drinking like, you know, like they can hold their head. Oh, yeah, they I got say, drunk. You guys drink, <laughs> I drive. Mm, you were the driver. I'll be the driver. Mom, I'm the driver. Yes. So I, be, I, I, you passed it I down. Be the, yes, I say, you'll do whatever you got to do. Because I'm not in this team chaos. Mm. I drive home. Because I have my obligation, I have things that I need to accomplish in my life. I don't want to go, go through all this chaos that I went through. And come out of it with nothing. I need my green card. I need to be a U.S. citizen. 
I have to win that reward for you, all you what I go through. All those steps, and you were determined. Determined, and I did. I become a. I have my green card, and then I go. I I went for my test. I passed my test, so I got my citizenship. Okay. You were not playing around. No, I was this not. This is not a joke. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> this joke. This is not honey. a joke, mom. <laughs> it's still not a joke. I'm gonna switch the subject. How did you meet my dad? I want to go back to the refugee. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just so funny to me how you went from refugee camp to watching uh, <laughs> when it was a Dusty, you said? That's the road. So, you know, That's to Ric Flair, Flair. From refugee that. camp to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, did you meet my dad at the refugee camp? Yes, I did. And, in Miami. Uh, how, how, like, how did that happen? How did that interaction? When I, when I came from Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. The same, I think uh, two weeks after I came from Puerto Rico. So well, it came from somewhere, I don't know where. So we were at the window, a bunch of girls, a bunch of girls, same age. I, I was, who was, I had three friends, two, two friends. It's me and these two other girls. So there's this big, used window. We were just standing at the window looking at those guys at the other side. <laughs> so he comes so well, like. This girl like, oh look at this guy, he just came yesterday, bullet. Was my dad handsome? So I'm like, oh my god, yeah. And then he was pointing figure at me. Oh wow. <laughs> he was looking at me all this time, but I did not see him. Hmm. And I'm like, Elda, like, oh my god. Who's Elda? That's my friend. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, bullet, he's waiting me. Like <laughs> 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 a big scene. That make a big scene. I Who made the okay. scene? Like all of my your girlfriends? That's oh. like, oh my God. He likes you, but like, he's so handsome. Very, you know, very soft speech skin. Very polite. He's very polite. And he was just keeping and forget me like that. And give me a kiss, blow his kiss. And then, oh my God, he's crazy. So oh, back. God. <laughs> I went back to my room. And there's like, Paulette, come back, come back. He's still here. I had so many Colombian girls mm. that was in my room with me. Um, maybe five of Colombian girls. They're very nice girls, too. I don't know. I had the, the, the luck to click with those Latino <laughs> people. There was so, so oh, much, so much similarity. Yeah, yeah we just so like, they love me. I love them. Just, I don't know. God make people, very nice people come my way. And that's how we clicked, made so well. Wow. Is that we clicked. And so y'all clicked and then all right, so so did you guys have any op- or did you guys yeah, did you guys have any opportunity to interact at the camp? Was it just this sort of distance where he's pointing no, at you like I'm distance. gonna get you later, girl? No, no. <laughs> he was never like that. No, no, not in no, that way, mom. Yeah. Like, like when we, we get we, out of here. No, no, no. We have the chance to meet when we go into the lobby to eat. Okay, so that's where Boys and girls can interact yeah, with each talk other. Yeah, each other, yes. During lunchtime. Lunchtime, and... break time, like like um like dinner time, you know. And then they se- but they separate After the boys we and girls, eat, everybody right? eat, we go separate way. You get chance to see meet people at the yard. Okay. You know, at the yard, but the guy always be in the side. Mm. There's a feel that that separates us, you know? If it, it feels oh man, did it feel like a prison? Was of there... course, it was a prison. Yeah. You're just not in handcuffs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And if you do bad, they put you in the cubby. Boy, like yeah. a, um, an like isolated. A, well, yeah, so yeah, if you do bad, if you don't isolation. leave your time, yeah. If you misbehave, 
Because they have uh, an immigration officer all over the place. Right, right. Yeah, that was a stupid question. <laughs> because you know, like um, just the, <laughs> the interaction of boy yeah, and girl, yeah. young, you know, just youth, and, mm-hmm. um, and not too often do you find your love at at a camp or a situation yeah, like that. Talk, and, you have like, um, like other people sending you letters. Mm-hmm. Boys, bunch of boys keep sending letters. Wow. You know how they like you. You so cool. You so nice. And it's like you're you you. you you're in this situation where life is uncertain, but you you are forced to live life. I have forced you to have live to life. live. And then there's there's another room they had to. They took you there to do your hair. I'm always stylist. I always you were styled so, up. Oh yes, fly. My hair, my my nails, my eyebrow, oh, always was... chopped up. Because <laughs> I do them myself. Okay. Not that yeah. I'm gonna pay somebody to do so anything you... for me. I'm the one who's doing for other people. Sometimes you kept learning new skill sets new skill. every time. So mm-hmm. even then, the police officer sometimes some of the security came to the camp. I'm the one who do the hair before they go home. I do the eyebrow and everything. Wow, five dollars, ten dollars, hustler. Yeah, so I can have money. So when you when you met my dad, I keep going back to him. Um, did he ever talk about his journey with you? Yeah, he like knows. what he went through. He's from Lagunab. He's from Lagunab, right? yeah. Um, I think he came with his aunt or his uncle or somebody. Okay. I forgot. And so was it around there. the same time? Obviously, you didn't know him in no, Haiti. I didn't know him in Haiti, but Soel came after I, I went after. back to Morocco. Oh, okay, okay, so okay. Soel came after I go back to Morocco. Because when I came back from Morocco, that's when I met Soel hmm. there. Wow. When people get to go back, wherever your family is, that's where they sent you. Now, since you had no parents to help guide you, how did you uh, find social research, uh, social resources early on? Was it through the solid, you know, Haitian community in Miami or you know, <laughs> when, when I got, when, No, when I got out, uh, there's um, we have some family member I find in the camp when I come back from Puerto Rico. Hmm. So I got it more my my uh, brother, my adopted brother, and his wife. His sister. We all come from the same area. Wow! So when you 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 came back from Puerto Rico and, and then by chance, chance when I boom, come, you saw your family members. When I members. came that night, wow. I come Puerto Rico at nighttime. From Puerto Rico, it's a nighttime. I was in Puerto Rico. Oh, sorry. No, oh, you fine. One one evening, I went to that room, the place they have for us to do it. Right. So I went. I fixed my hair. Like I didn't know I was going nowhere. I do my eyebrow. I fix myself with powder. Just it's the evening to make myself look fresh. Mm-hmm. Like it's around like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I see this huge big bus came in, in by the camp. So everybody keep like, why is this bus? Why is this? This is an immigration bus. I wonder they came to take people, you know, to send people back to Haiti. So everybody tried to hide themselves. But your name is on the list. And then while I was leaving the, 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 the place, I'm walking to my room. And I heard this lady came. Is Paulette Francois around here? What room is she? So there was a, a lady from immigration. So I said, I didn't put my name to go to, doc- to the doctor today. Because usually you can put your name to the doctor mm-hmm. or you can put your name in the shopping list. The shopping list is a list where they took you 
where to can get clothes, to get shoes and stuff like that. Mm. I said, but I didn't put my name in the shopping list or to go to the doctor today. Why? They, why are they calling my name? So, and, and this girl named Gerda, we have the same last name, so she's in New York right now. And Gerda said, Popo, they're calling your name. What's going on? I said, well, at the same go to what she... She said, did you put your name in the list to go to Haiti, Mole? I said, no, I did not. So I went to see the lady. She said, oh my God, Paulette, we have good news. I'm like, really, vraiment? And she said, yeah, we have you in the list to go back to Miami. To go back to Miami? To say, yeah, to go to Miami. To go to Miami, okay. Wow. Yeah, because I came from Miami to Puerto Rico. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, say, why do you think that happened? Was there a glitch in the system or? I say, you, what? She said, yes, we got you in the list. Your name, you're the only one. You're going to Miami, Paulette. Well, Ken, I was just sitting there <laughs> looking at her. It's just like. Like my, my brain just trying to, froze. <laughs> trying to process what just happened. And then, and then I look around me, I'm I already surrounded with so many people, so many girls. Paulette, they're happy for me. Because mm. they know I'm sick, I'm always getting sick, you know? So I'm like, oh my God, what just happened in here? She said, yeah, go, go ahead, you gotta go now. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, did, 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 you, did you have any specific person you had to say farewell to? Specific person? Everybody will care. Yeah, but I, of course everybody, but did, my cousin, was there any, yeah, okay, Gerda, cousin. other people, you know? Arnold, my cousin Arnold in another, another camp. Mm. Um, I said, I usually the one who washes clothes for him, you know. So I said, but I have to tell my Arnold I'm leaving because it's two of us. You know, it's my dad, we, we, we first cousin, you know. So I'm like, and then to a moment, I'm happy, but at the same time too, I feel so cold, so, so cold, like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh my God. I'm leaving Arnold. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's what I meant by that. Like you're leaving. You know, you're, you're excited, I'm but you're excited, also but sad. And... I'm like, oh my god, I'm leaving Arnold. I'm gonna tell Arnold I'm going to Miami and he's gonna stay here. So I say I'm gonna wait for him anyway. So I'm I'm, I'm I went and tell Arnold. I packed my. Stuff. She said, go ahead, go ahead. We're waiting for you. I just packed few stuff and I tell Geta just um give some of my stuff to. You know, to so-and-so gives this to the, everybody mm -hmm. gets something, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I get my bag and my luggage and I get in the bus. And I told Arnold, I'm going to Miami. And he would break down, okay. Wow. He happy for me, but at the same time, he just, man, it's, yeah, you know. Because I, I want to give him, yeah. So when I got to Miami and I told immigration that I'm not leaving my brother. He's in Puerto Rico. I'm not leaving without him. And they, they, they. The officer told me, Paulette, you got your chance now to go. So I know at the time it's Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Oh, Ronald was Reagan. The president. I know if I don't put my Arnold on my list, they will send Arnold back to Haiti. And I knew that for sure. Mm. And I told the officer, no, I'm not leaving. And she, he's, he said, you have your chance. You're here now. You have to go. We're going to release you. And then whatever happened, happened, I say, if I wait for my, he said, well, you know, if you wait for your brother, he's my cousin, but I put him on my list as my brother because we have the same last name. And then there's a way for me to get him out. Mm. 
So, and plus my father, the one who is him, you know? You felt obligated. I feel obligated. Yeah. And I say, he, and he said to me, you know, if you wait for your brother, Paulette, it's going to take you another three months. It's going to take you 90 days before your brother finally arrive here. I say, I will wait for 90 days. He was, he thought I was losing my mind. Okay. <laughs> I say, I, I will wait for 90 days because there is no way I'm going to leave and to leave him in the camp when I get a chance while I'm here to get him out. Mm. And everybody getting deported every single week. They're sending 27 people, 30 people, 50 people back to Haiti. I say, I will wait for 90 days. He said, even though you're sick. I say, yeah, even though I'm sick. Long I get my treatment, I will try my best to wait for 90 days. And I did that. And you did that. And when I get out, okay, I got out with five people. Wow. I get out with uh, Anol Edmond. Anol, I get out with Anol Edmond, Nelly, Edmond's wife, and somebody else. Five people. Because they're the ones who have to be responsible to take care of me. Yeah, you're the youngest. You're the 16 Because I'm the youngest. So mm -hmm. Edmond will be responsible to take care of me. Wow. Okay? Edmond Even said, though you helped him get out. He, <laughs> said, he, he always, the last week, he was talking to me last week. He said, Paulette, you're just so, so magnifique. <laughs> I don't know how to describe you to anybody. <laughs> That's love. He, he, he'll never That's forget a, that. He said he will never. He said, Paulette, we're always talking about we about you, we just don't know how you put all this thing together, but it's come out so perfect, that's all I can it's say. Like, it's like your asthma was the, <laughs> the, the... Yeah. It was a gift and a curse. It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> My asthma was a gift and a curse at the same time. Man. Yes. All right, so when you arrived to Miami, what, what was your first job? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My first job was Wendy's. Wendy's. Yes. My All right. The job was when this at Kilago. Yeah, that's where I started to work at Kilago. And how was that experience? Like you're now you're now you are working towards your residency and yes, citizens citizenship yeah. and now you are in a capitalistic society and oh of course Haiti's capitalistic, mm -hmm. but you you are in a society with better infrastructure, yes. of course. Um how, how did it feel like handling um native English speakers? Because you still had to learn English. Of course, I right? have to learn English. So where, where in Wendy's I, did you work? Like I work at Wendy's and Kilago. The point is, I have so many friends that work there mm. about similar age. Okay, and me. they help translate? So they have translated. Like sometimes, sometime if I go to the store, I know they're going to ask me for change. And I didn't know how to, you know... I know how to give money in, in my language, but I don't know their <laughs> money. So if I'm buying something for like, it's going to cost me a dollar something, mm -hmm. I make sure even I have the change, I make sure I take two dollars with me <laughs> so they can take their own change. Right. <laughs> if it's over five dollars, I make sure I take six dollars, seven dollars. Hmm. I give you your money, you give me back my change so that way I count the change. You can count the change, yeah. To know, oh, okay. If I buy this, that gonna that's the change is what I did. Right. So you memorize. I memorized it. The, 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 um, yeah. the exchange. That's mm -hmm. good. That's great. All right. Uh, so, well, mom, you know, since you you made it through some rough experiences, but also some very um, oh, yeah. interesting just experiences just as well. Yeah. Um, as an immigrant, um, did you feel like you can make it through anything after your first job? Did you have this 
any moment during that year where you said, boy, I can make it through anything in life? Or what, or I, did you have, still have some challenges to face, obviously? In life, you never stop facing challenge until the last day of your, of your, of your life. Because life is a journey. You don't know where it's going to take you. All you have to do is to treat people around you with respect and appreciation. And I think I can face anything. I face, I mean, I face so many things in the United States that I never thought I will, you know, face in life. But God always make a way for me. Sometimes you have to, God have to blend you, you know. That's why you cannot never be feel like, oh, I'm worthy of this, I'm worthy of that. Mm. How can I be in this person position? How can I be so low, you know? Because everybody have a story to tell. Don't let nobody's fool you tell to make you believe that everything is perfect. There is no perfect life. Everybody try to make it. I don't care how much million you have, there's a witness somewhere mm. that you want to fulfill. This person maybe have fancy car, fancy home, but they don't have peace. You may have peace, but you don't have those things yet. But the most important thing is to have peace first. Mm. You know? Yeah, of course. It's best to have peace within you. You don't have those things, which you need them too, but they're not the the most important thing. Right, you life. need you need love, you need peace love before peace, all of these materialistic, these materialistic, yeah, uh, things, uh, tangible things. Yes. All right, so in the next episode, mom, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the sense of belongingness um, mm -hmm. uh, in the African American community. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so uh, I want to talk about that because, uh, again, that was a very fascinating. Um, experience we all went through when I was coming of age as a Haitian American and obviously you as a Haitian uh, at the time. So let's sail over there mm -hmm. in our boat. Okay. Uh, my name is Wilkin Brutus. And my name is Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. Come ride with us. All right. Hey, hey. hey high five. <laughs>